0: listening to Purple Three Cab as your Minnesota Vikings has just defeated the hapless Chicago Bears 23 to 10 rolling all the way to a 13 and 3 record and the number 2 seed in the NFC conference. I'm Carl Bates joined as always by Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Japodi. Good afternoon, Carl. And uh Nicole, what are we uh, what are we drinking right now?
1: We are drinking some celebratory champagne to celebrate as you said the number 2 seed in the NFC playoffs and a happy new year.
0: Well, cheers to that. Cheers to that.
2: Cheers to that. And oh. I'd like to say that this is a disclaimer that we're only celebrating events that have already happened. Exactly. We're not getting our hopes up. This is only for the fact that we are NFC North champions for the second time.
1: And in the new year, year, Quinn. And the new and year. You got to drink champagne on the new year.
0: Well, I think uh, one of the interesting things to come out today is it came out in the lead up this week that coaches like Sean McVay, um, the Eagles, were going to sit a lot of key players. And uh, we were kind of wondering going into it. How many snaps were our starters going to get and I guess the answer was
2: <laughs> too many. All of them, yes. <laughs> All of them, yeah. Too many.
0: I
1: think I think we would have liked to see um we would have liked to have seen um more second stringers come in but you know, looking back, Mike Zimmer is the type of coach that won't take his pedal or foot off the pedal and you know, we have a bye coming up. We can rest up. And I, and I do get where we're coming from, where, you know, I would have liked to see our second strings come in too. But um, it's Zimmer. He's gonna. He's he's not going to treat any game less than any other games. So. If
2: you ask me, Her- or, um, Xavier Rhodes should barely have been in that game because he had been dinged up for about the last eight games. Just mm-hmm. it seemed like nearly every game he had to hobble off just a little bit, just enough to kind of nag you. And the Bears don't have that quality number one receiver that he needs. They don't have needs. the number two receiver. They don't have three. the number three receiver. Right, you get the idea. Their best receivers are Tariq Cohen, who is five foot six, my height, and uh, Zach Miller, who is currently hurt, and he's a tight end. Yeah,
0: so it's, it's kind of a funny change. Usually, you know, if Minnesota Vikings cornerbacks are giving you heart attacks, it's because of their poor play. On defense, but this year I feel like Xavier Rode gave us a heart attack just because of a number of injury scares right. kind of uh, all throughout the season. Um, you know, didn't get to see Teddy, but, uh, you know, maybe that's all right. I think Case, he didn't have a great game, but it looked like he found a little bit more rhythm than well, maybe he saw in Great they were,
2: last week. They were also playing conservatively. Very conservative. Very conservatively.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're running the ball on
1: first, second down. Third down, you're trying to get first down through the air. I, I think uh, the game plan was fine, especially for an opponent like the Bears.
2: And you didn't turn the ball over, yeah. too. I think they went in and achieved exactly what they were hoping
0: to do. So we're recording this literally right after the game, so we don't have any stats or analysis um, you know, that we've been simmering over for a long period of time. So we're just kind of quick bringing you... Our celebratory reactions to uh, a, a great regular season for the Vikings. We've talked a little bit um, about both sides of the ball already, but let's, let's stick and let's hit some key talking points on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, um, really the big news this week was that not only have we lost Nick Easton for the season, but Pat Elfline um, was also dinged up and was most likely not going to start. And so we saw some shuffling going on. We saw Mike Remmers uh, take over at right guard. Berger moving to center, and Hill coming in at right tackle. Um, what do you think? What would you think about the offensive line play? I, I had
2: no problem with that, as long as they can keep off those holding calls, which I think they had three, maybe four.
0: Yeah, one of them was Murray, but...
1: Um, yeah. I think, you know, they acquitted themselves well. And uh, you have Berger going back to. um, Berger. Berger. (laughs) You have Berger going back to uh, center, his natural position. So I don't think it was too big of a problem for the Vikings. I I think they they did fine. And Elfline, I think, was more of an inactive because, you know, you really didn't need him. But.
2: Yeah, and um, one thing that you saw a lot of throughout the game was Alex Collins coming in as your sixth offensive lineman. So you could see that heavy uh, package where you'd have Berger and then three offensive linemen to the right or left of him and uh, that's really where you saw that uh, Blake Bell, after he got hurt and out for the season, that's kind of the next man up philosophy. So Yeah,
1: and I think with, with Rudolph dinged up too, we went with that heavy package too.
0: Well, um, speaking of Rudolph being dinged up, you know, talk about next man up. Well, David Morgan, he got some nice looks in the passing game. He's got luscious locks. He's got dynamite hands. Know, known <laughs> as the blocking tight end. Uh, around
2: the locker room along, that is <laughs>
1: along the ra- locker room but uh yeah he played well he's uh the guy that stepped in for the forever remembered red ellison can't yeah. be replaced red ellison so. cannot be replaced but luckily his father can be replaced yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh he played well he played really well and uh I mean, the running game was good, too. I think Murray got over 100 yards or yeah. right at 100 yards and two touchdowns. And yeah, that
0: was a, a, the stat that was thrown up about, you know, running back duos in the NFL and only having about, you know, a little under 300 yards less than, I think you know, it was
1: 200, right? It was 1,300, 1,500? Yeah, so, roughly. I mean, it was
0: 1,360. It was they had, like, 1,560. Sure, sure. yeah. We had about 1,300. So, that's why I said gotcha. under 300 gotcha. Gotcha. yards. Gotcha. So it was yeah. between 200 yeah, and 300 yeah, yeah, yeah. behind. Yeah, sure. Um, but, no, I, I was impressed. I mean, I you know you think you hear so much about Alvin Kamara, about Mark Ingram. Um, I, w- I was very impressed to see those statistics. Not that I was surprised because we've ran the ball well the entire season, no matter who's in the backfield. Um, but it was very, very good to see that sort of statistic. I didn't think we the were the that productive, though.
2: I didn't either. But I think what you see just so often is our guys just getting the ball, just on run plays, jet sweeps, screen passes, Mm -hmm. and just getting a few yards here and there, dinking down the field, whereas the Saints are just a sexy play generator, and the Vikings just are, we're going to play mistake-free, and we are going to put together drives and eat up clock. So I think that's one reason you don't hear anywhere near as much about uh, Murray and McKinnon.
1: Right, I totally agree. Unfortunately,
0: though... um, well, of course, we'll find out more in the coming days, but it seems like one key loss um, that we've, we've suffered today is C.J. Hammond went out with some sort of neck injury. Really don't know anything more about that, but disappointing to see. I mean, do you think, obviously we don't know how serious it is, you know, if two weeks will be able to come back or not, but do you think that's a, a, a tough loss for our offense?
1: You know, he's been a good fullback, but you've also seen Morgan step in there in that fullback uh-huh. position as well. Um, I, if he's out, you know, it's not great, but I think it's a loss that we can manage.
2: Yeah. You know, I just remembered something. I just remembered something. Do you guys know who the Saints fullback is these days? Coon,
1: Is it John Kuhn?
2: I think they have Zach Line.
1: Do they have Lyne?
2: Really? I, I think they have Zach Line. I... Are you sure? I, somebody, Zach Lyon went to somewhere and he
0: might have gone to the Saints. Let me look this Zach, up, you Zach, guys. Zach Lyon went to somewhere? You guys, you guys. I actually thought they did have Kuhn, though. So they yeah. could have both. You guys keep talking. I'm See, looking this up. You think Jerome Felton's still in the league? I hope so.
1: He does play for the Saints. Zach Line does play for the Saints.
2: Yeah, so.
0: But where does John Kuhn play?
2: Look he, that up. In the meantime. Also for the Saints. They'
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> there's no no wonder that that run game down in New Orleans so good then, right? You have Zach line, who was a very good fullback for us, and Kuhn, who was very good for Green Bay for a very long time and
2: but what I was gonna say is what happens if um the Saints are ever in a scenario where let's say they need to be in field goal range, and all of a sudden the 12th man in the huddle ends up being a fullback
1: nah, fool, fool. from
2: the Vikings. Dying. I'm just saying. It doesn't necessarily need to be against the Vikings. I'm just saying, what if that happened?
1: Yeah, that would be... Uh...
2: Especially at the end of the game. Yeah. In in a pivotal game. I'm, I'm just saying. Just throwing that out yeah, there. That's, that's think about a, it. That's America. an interesting
1: scenario, actually. I don't. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Just, just think
2: about it. Seattle has our kicker yeah. who missed that kick.
1: Yeah.
2: New Orleans now has our former fullback, not necessarily Who's... the one for one swap no, of Nfahuatai, but, uh, but a, but but a full fullback nonetheless.
1: They have the kicker. Um, if the... only
2: the Falcons had a former Vikings kicker as well. That'd yeah, be. That would be. That'd be nice. Matt
0: Bryant,
1: eh, Yeah. Doesn't really have any correction.
0: So I want to uh, want to transition a little bit. I want to talk a little bit, of course, about our dynamic duo, uh, wide receivers. And uh, what I thought was interesting today is, um, it, for weeks, really, Thielen has been stealing the show. Um, but statistically, um, they had kind of a very similar game, both made some key catches, um, you know. Six, seven catches, you know, 60 to 80 yards. 61 each. Is that what they finished with as well? And so, uh, but of course, Diggs made a great touchdown catch. But it was nice to see um, Diggs also being worked back into the game plan. Maybe kind of get him rolling, a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs because I think we're going to need both of them.
1: And I, I don't think he's necessarily been shut out of the game plan. It's just more that, you know, Thielen has been... You know, Diggs has the name recognition, and with that comes, you know... Coverage and more people paying attention to digs, and that's why Thielen has kind of um, flourished here. But I think both. I, w- what? Well, At the beginning Thielen I...
2: just doesn't have the name recognition because did you hear that he went to Minnesota <laughs> State and was an undrafted? undrafted player? I didn't know that. And used to dress up as Randy Moss for Halloween yeah. as a kid.
1: Did not know that. Yeah,
2: well, so. he did.
1: No, but uh, when you have uh, guys like that, I mean, before Diggs got hurt early in the season, we had the top wide receiver duo in the NFL. That's including, you know, the Steelers with Antonio Brown and whoever they match with him, either Schuster or um, Martavis. Bryant, or yeah, um, but yeah, like I mean, we had we have a great receiving core this year, and I, you know, I'm happy Diggs is able to get back into it.
0: Yeah. And uh, a final note on offense, we talked a little bit about Case Keenum, but statistically, not a great game, though that was very much due to play calling and the situation. 20 of Um,
2: 28 yards for something like 185 in a touchdown, that shows that they're just not trying to stretch the field as much as they would have. I, I just think back to that game against the Saints week one where Bradford was trying to go downfield 20 plus yards every single play. Big difference. Yeah, I Big mean, difference. I think we
1: took one deep shot this time
0: yeah. to Floyd. Yeah. And Went even out of bounds. Well,
2: <laughs> even then there was defensive holding yeah. there, so.
0: So, final note on that, going into the uh divisional matchup, do you have, uh do you feel confident about our offense and our ability to put points up on the board? Absolutely not.
1: Um, I, I have confidence in our defense. That's what I have confidence in. Um, but the offense, uh, you know, I I think we can put put up points, but I don't I don't know how consistently we can do it.
0: But well, we'll leave it at that for the offense. Of course, we're going to talk about the defense, and we'll talk a little bit about maybe what's to come in the playoffs. Of course, all that and much much more. But we'll just have a quick musical interlude here. We'll be back with you in a moment. You're listening to Purple 3 Cap. We're back to talk about the best side of the ball, the defense, the side of the ball that you just wanted to see the entire game, uh, the side that you hoped was going to put up more than one safety because they had a couple looks at maybe getting one of those. But actually, let's talk about that safety play because uh, I think the, my two highlights of the game came on defense, one was the fantastic tackle in the flat um, by Trey Wayne's delightful tackle. I, I loved his little little flair. He kind of kind of tackled, rolled to the ground, and kind of slid back up on his legs oh. uh, and on his two feet. And but the other was was the safety because uh, it would have been saf- it would have been great, you know. I mean, if it was a sack in the end zone, but his little his little flick uh, was was delightful. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty
1: hilarious actually.
2: That was, if you can sum up the Chicago Bears in one play, it would be that play. Yeah. Running for his life, not getting afraid to get hit, so he just...
1: Whoop. Well, it's run for your life and then run into the end zone. Because if you remember, he didn't have to go into the end zone. They weren't that far backed up. You know, he could have stepped up and been, been fine. But he ran for his life into the end zone and then realized he was an idiot and then... The thing that Did that, that,
2: stupid that calls to mind is way back in the day, and when I say way back in the day, I mean about
1: 2008.
2: Dan. JTO Sullivan.
1: Oh, wasn't it Orlovsky? Dan Or... Was
2: it Dan Orlovsky?
1: I thought it was Orlovsky. It might whichever, be Sullivan. It whichever. whichever it was
2: whichever one of the uh, Lions QB carousel guys you saw that year. Gets the snap. Jared Allen's chasing him, and unknowingly just runs right out of the back of the end zone, just,
0: <laughs> and
1: then keeps running to his sideline. He didn't stop. <laughs> he
0: didn't <laughs> stop. Uh, well, let's, let's start with talking about the secondary, um, in particular, a cornerback play. Uh, we talked a little bit about Xavier Rhodes, um, and looking kind of dinged up. He, he, uh, he made some, excuse me, some great plays, but he also, uh, he also kind of looked off the pace a little bit. Um, He's got a couple weeks to rest up, but not maybe his best game as a Viking. Okay,
1: yeah.
2: Which is why he should not have been playing in this
0: game.
1: He made some good. He made some decent plays, though. Too, of course,
0: right as now. as I say, that the defense gave up three points. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Rhodes was good, but I will uh, I will say this now. I I know I've been a, a negative Nancy for this uh, against this guy um, in the past, but. Um, The Michigan State product, Trey Waynes had a spectacular game today. He was very, very good. Um, He did not get burned at all. Really good in run support. Um, And, yeah, you know, Michigan State will have their day every so often. But
0: uh, he's, he's gotten better as the season's gone on for sure. And, of course, ageless wonder, Terrence Newman putting in another good shift. Kenzie Alexander getting some snaps. So, I mean, really an overall a good day for the secondary. Trubisky oh, is not a good quarterback. And, and they don't have any wide receivers. True, but, you
1: know. true. Um, they also, we I think this is like, it's like a solar eclipse or something, but we saw Andrew Sandejo actually wrap up on a tackle.
2: That was good form. That was Rather form than that they going treat you for... right down in Edina fourth grade football. <laughs> it's breakdown hit, and you wrap them up.
1: He didn't go for, like, a kill shot, and he actually wrapped up, and it was unbelievable.
2: So, yeah. one thing that I got to bring up about the defense is how nice it was to see Brian Robinson get a sack
0: it's today, his 60th sack in the Be- Viking uniform.
2: Because I think that may well have been Brian Robinson's last game of his career. Uh, because before the season started, he signed a one-year in the deal regular season, right. Right.
1: Whoa. whoa don't, yeah. Was... Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> playoffs.
2: But uh, Robinson signed a one-year deal, much like Chad Greenway did last year. So I would not be the least bit surprised to see a retirement at the end of the year, regardless of how the
1: playoffs <laughs> go. Uh. Well. Um. I think. Yeah. It was. Uh. We talked about the secondary. You know, the D line was great as always. I think one. Um, it's not overrated either. But they're they're consistently good. The linebackers Barr, Kendricks, and uh, Gideon were.
2: Where would Gideon go to college? He
1: went to uh, the University <laughs> of Michigan, uh, Quinn. He's probably the best player on the team. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, they. But all three of them were good, and you could really tell. I know Quinn. You said this earlier in the broadcast, but you could tell why Anthony Barr is a Pro Bowler. Um, his sideline to sideline, both of those guys, Kendricks and Barr, can go sideline to sideline and really light people up. So, um, from top to bottom, the defense was phenomenal today. And we, the only reason the Bears really got points was because of that stupid special teams play. I wouldn't
2: even call that stupid. That was a smart. No, play. it was a great was, play. Uh, I I'd like to see we the got tricked. Do
1: that. They they trick us every time though they they tricked us with um, that play and then uh, if you the remember fake back punt. yep back to the uh, Chicago game in Chicago they did a fake punt and then they also had this like brilliant two point
0: conversion it was oh, it was, was really awesome yeah
1: which they tried to run again today and failed
0: miserably but um, yeah, yeah they they pull out all the stops when they play us yeah I mean I the Bears are a funny team because they managed to beat every single team in the the AFC North, which is actually quite an I mean, it's like the Browns, but I mean, besides did they do them, that? it's quite an accomplishment. They did. They beat the Steelers, too? They beat the Steelers.
2: In, in like, week three. Yeah. Uh, and
0: 4-0 against the... They beat the Ravens. When they did, did that happen? I, like, I, earlier in the season? They, I just know that that No one would have paid attention to the Ravens. That's Bears. true. Unfortunately, I, I didn't follow the, the Bears closely they, enough oh. to know their entire, you know... 17-week schedule, but I know they did go 4-0 against the AFC North, um, and I don't think they won a game in the conference, our own conference. So uh, cheers, yeah. cheers to the Bears. Um, bye-bye, Johnny boy. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you guys have any final thoughts on the defense before we, we, we move forward here?
1: I don't, I don't have anything. I think it's all been stated. You know, We are the number one defense going into the playoffs.
0: Do you think, I'll, I'll ask this question, now that we've we've had an entire regular season, do you think this is Zimmer's best defense he's had?
2: Unquestionably, uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Undoubtedly.
2: I think uh, the big defense, or one of the big reasons that this team's better than last year on defense is just depth. You've got uh, Waynes is much better. I think is much better. I think Mackenzie Alexander is leaps and bounds better than he was.
1: D-line has so much depth. Yep. I mean, you got backups on every single. You have good backups on every, almost every single position.
0: When you you've players that um, would be getting a lot of reps who are inactive, mm-hmm. you know. I mean. Tremaine Brock got, you know, has, has been act inactive for but half Jaleel the season. Johnson. Jaleel I mean, Johnson, that, I mean, those guys, guy's been good. those guys would be would be playing a lot of reps. For example, on a team like the Bears, and or and part of
2: the things, part of the thing is this team is the number one third down defense, so they get off the field quickly, and keeping them fresh is huge. That means there's fewer opportunities to get hurt, too. Um, you think about that game against Atlanta. You give up one third down conversion today. The Bears were one for twelve. On third down, yeah. that just doesn't happen that often.
0: Really good defense, and I mean, what's impressive, of course, as well is you know the Bears. You know they're going to run the ball a lot. I mean that's what their offense is built on. But they still were able to do it pretty effectively throughout the season. Um, you know, Jordan Howard had a very good year, um, but they were they were not able to get anything going. I mean, on deep the into the third us. quarter,
1: I think they had negative one rushing yards with a long <laughs> five. So I mean, this team. The Vikings' defense is good on every level. You know, you have an all-star on every single level. You have Harrison Smith in the backfield, Harrison Smith and Rhodes in the secondary. You have Kendrickson Barr in the linebacker level, and then you have Griffin and Hunter and um, Joseph on the D-line. I mean, teams would be lucky to have, like, one or two of those guys, and we have a whole defense just chock full of amazing players, so... I think the defense is going to be a big, big part of our playoff push this year.
0: Well, uh, we'll talk a little bit about playoff matchups in just a moment. But first up, we'll bring you our flags on the play.
2: All right, so welcome back to Purple 3 Cap. It is now time for everybody's favorite segment, Flag on the Play. And if you are new to this podcast, it is anything that happens in the NFL that makes you say, that's dumb, that's stupid, or just flat out, come on. So, I would like to throw the flag on the play right at myself on this. Because right now, I've got a lot of egg on my face. Because for fans of this podcast, you'll remember that at the beginning of the year, I asked people to make some Super Bowl predictions that were a little out of the box, rather than picking the Patriots and Packers, as everybody does every year. So, Carl picked Tennessee and Philadelphia. Philadelphia that is right. had a very good year, if you're not well-informed and up-to-date. And even without... Um, Carson Wentz, they're 13-3. and three. Tennessee, still alive, but they're barely breathing. Nicole picked Green Bay, which is kind of a, uh, Super Bowl pick, because, you know, everybody picks them all the time. And Kansas City. Kansas City has had a good year as well, and will win a division. Now, I thought that the Raiders were going to have quite a good year. Granted, they were 12-4 the previous year, but this year they... I'm sorry. They were just bad. They were just horrendously bad. Coached poorly. They fired the offensive coordinator, fired the defensive coordinator. Just bad. Bad prediction there, Quinn. But it was not the worst one that I made. The worst one that I made was thinking that Tampa Bay was going to make it to the Super Bowl. I thought a team with a core of Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, muscle hamster, and Jameis Winston, that this was their year to turn things around, and they were going to make a run. Now, sitting at this table right now, every team in that division looks like they're going to make the playoffs, except for Tampa Bay, who has just been dismal this year. So there we go. Quinn Jurgen's, you're getting my flag on the play. Nicool, what's your flag on the play?
1: Oh, That was a great flag on the play, Quinn. Let me just say that.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: Nothing more... That I like to see than you throwing the flag on yourself.
2: I yeah. will admit when I am wrong.
1: <laughs> okay, so my flag on the play is uh, again broadcast related. I, I feel like I have a lot of broadcast related. They've films. been bad this year. Yeah. Um. But but what I have issue with is the post game coverage. It's just a lot. Of, it's a lot of like rehashing of things that are very obvious, and a lot of talking by like senile old men. And it's just it's not necessary, you know. I, I m- might go as far as saying I'd rather see a Chevy commercial than hear. No. <laughs> no.
2: What about an Arby's commercial? Arby,
1: I would definitely take Arby. Those are like witty commercials. All right, I, I, I would I would take an Arby's commercial, but I I, I don't want to hear Terry Bradshaw like butcher people's names and talk about like how you need a good quarterback in the playoffs um, to be successful. Like it's just like obvious stuff. And it it really doesn't need to be rehashed again and again and again. And I don't know those, uh, those post game, uh, um, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. Monologues. There we go. Post game monologues that happen after the game. It's just, uh, it's too much. It's too much. That's my flag on flag on play.
0: Well, I'm going to throw my flag on the play. Um, at the amount of reps that players get in Week 17 for teams who have, you know, clinched at least a playoff berth. um, I'm of the mind that, first, you shouldn't totally rest players, you know, totally take them out, um, you know, have them inactive for the game. um, Like, for example, that the uh, team formerly based in uh, St. Louis did. Um, On the flip side, I'm not totally with Zimmer here for playing – the starters, the entire game, and a game that, frankly, was over um, for for much of the game. I mean, the Bears statistically maybe looked like they were kind of in it, but the game was pretty much wrapped up after we went up Um, (laughs) 7-0. And even going back the other direction as well, I mean, I don't think the, the Eagles should have played Nick Foles more than three or four series. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely not Let me cut in.
2: Did you ever think that you were going to say, hear yourself (laughs) say the phrase, the Eagles should have played Nick Foles more?
0: Uh, No, but uh, here we are. It's a a weird world we live in. Um, So, I mean, then you you ask yourself, well, Carl, you've pretty much, you know, (laughs) taken out uh, most of the spectrum of how much starters should play. You know what? I think they should play about a half. I think that is the nice middle ground. The happy you get medium. you get some you get some nice reps into your players. You keep you the at momentum least like going. Like three or four series, right? Um, more than three more or four three series. <laughs> I want more than three or four. Okay, halftime. You know, you you win the game by halftime. You take them out. They still get the momentum. They still feel fresh, but uh, you don't risk risk injury to the same extent. So uh, my flag on the play goes uh, to uh, NFL coaches in that way. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we're going to break down who and what matchups we would like for our Minnesota Vikings to uh, come up against in each level of the playoffs that we could potentially make it to. Stay tuned. Well, uh, listeners, we are truly in a celebratory mood here at Priple Three Cap. Your Minnesota Vikings are 13-3, and uh, the most wins that, uh, we've had since 1998, and only the second 13 or more wins season in our history. That's pretty dang impressive, to say the least. Um, and so now we're going to look forward. Um, of course, I want to, you know, throw out the disclaimer that we are not saying <laughs> that, well, I might predict, because uh, I, I try to be a homer, but, uh, the rest of the panel isn't saying that uh, we're necessarily going to uh, advance all the way to uh, the promised land. Um, But we're just going to put up hypothetical scenarios of if the Vikings continue to advance, well, we at least, you know, at least know we're going to play one playoff game. Uh, Who, what matchup would you like to see the most? Um, And so uh, we'll, we'll start off with, with the first round game. We know that's going to be the first game we will play. We know that's going to be at, home at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, Who would you like to see in that game? I'll throw it at Nicole first.
1: Okay, so let's uh, refresh the possibilities again so I don't make a fool of myself like I've done in the past.
2: So there are three teams that the Vikings could play Mm -hmm. in this game, and that's Carolina, New Orleans, and the Rams. Those three. So we couldn't see the sixth seed because if the sixth
0: seed were to advance, they would automatically play the first seed. So So, we will not see either Atlanta. Carolina Seattle.
2: Carolina. The Rams. The Rams. And New Orleans. New
1: Orleans. Okay. So I would actually like to see the team that we beat
0: previously. Um, We we beat two of those teams previously. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)
1: Um, so I think New Orleans post or pre Adrian Peterson and post when they had Adrian Peterson is yep. not the same team as when they don't have Adrian Peterson. Right. So I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see New Orleans because they're hot right now. They are. Okay. Carolina played us really well. albeit away from home, but I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to see them. I want the Rams again. I want Jared Goff in Minnesota again. And uh, I don't think they've learned anything uh, from when they came earlier. They didn't – I mean, I think we can really confuse another young quarterback. You know, we wrapped Gurley up last time. Um, I think it's a good matchup for the Vikings, and uh, hopefully um, if if we were to see a team, I I would like to see the team, as you said, formally based in St. Louis. The Rams is my pick.
2: I'm gonna say Carolina here. I, I agree with you that you don't wanna see the Saints right now with that running back duo, Drew Brees, and that defense. That's a dangerous team. And then you've got um the Rams. If you can get if the Rams can get Todd Gurley going, that's a scary team. Now, Carolina, I think. Carolina was our worst game of the year. It was on the road. Nearly everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Vikings, and we still only lost by seven points. So I'm going to say I want to see Carolina of those three teams.
0: I would I would love to see that rematch because, um, as you know, I'm not a huge Cam Newton fan, um, and I, I do. I agree. I mean, I think. I think especially at home, we we can beat the Panthers. We should beat the Panthers. Um, so in that sense, I, I would love a rematch there. I'm also in agreement. I think we're three for three that we do not want to play the Saints if we don't have to play the Saints. I think we beat we beat the Saints, but um, of the three possibilities, definitely the one that I would like to see the least. However, I'm also gonna go with L.A. I, I think if we play the Rams, we absolutely destroy them i as i mentioned in the flag on the play Mm. i i I don't think they're going to be you know as um rolling as it would the continuity of resting their starters this week i think they lose this week against san francisco which you know doesn't help the confidence going into the postseason no matter who's playing or not um and we match up well obviously against the run game that's that's their their biggest strength out of you know all phases of their, their game, and I think we confused the crap out of Jared Goff. I think we hit him hard. Um, I think our defense just shuts him down, and we put up enough points against their defense that it looks very comfortable. I mean, I, I think we would roll the Rams, where the other games would be much more competitive. So um, definitely I'm going with the L.A. Rams in the uh, the divisional game. So we'll move on to the championship game again. Not saying we're going to make the championship game, but if we made the championship game, who would you like to match up against? Um We'll go to Quinn this time.
2: So in that game, it would it could be
0: anybody. Anybody again.
2: So obviously, I'd say Philadelphia is probably just about the weakest team in the picture right now without, in my mind, the MVP of the league, Carson Wentz.
0: And, you know, and this could change as well, but recording this right now in the middle of the Falcons Carolina game and the Falcons look like they're going to beat Carolina and play themselves into the playoffs. And so, you know, I don't think there's a huge gap between any of those playoff teams and the, you know, the NFC South.
2: So I I think my, my answer doesn't really change here. I'd say I want to stay at home as much as possible and stay away from the Saints as much as possible. That's that's where I go. Any, if if any you had, team. so
0: uh, I'll throw this back at you. I mean, if you had to, um, let's let's say you knew the Eagles were going to win, would that be your number two? So let's say you'd say anything but the Saints, but would you like to play, you know, the, the Eagles second? Yeah, I or think would, so. Or would you put the Eagles way down the pecking holder? Would you put anything but the Saints, anything but the Eagles, you know, anything but the Saints then at home? Um, or where would the Eagles kind of fit into that picture? I
2: think the Eagles kind of come in third there. Because I think realistically, uh you kind of think Carolina, I think, is going to make it to the divisional game, then I think Carolina, um, the Rams and the Saints are all better than the Eagles, and then the Eagles might be better than whoever the Six seed ends up being, right. so that's where I'm at. What about you, Nicole?
1: Um tend to agree with you there. uh I'd rather stay at home more than anything, um, and then avoid the Saints. Although it is the redemption game, and I feel like we might have karma on our side,
2: but they have Camara on theirs, (laughs)
1: Um, and there's been no like natural disasters in New Orleans lately, so um, you know there's there's nothing pulling for them, and uh, yeah, but uh, at home against the Saints, and then if we were to go forward in the conference game, you know I wouldn't feel too bad about playing. Philadelphia but right. uh you know they uh they are outside as we we talked about during while we were watching the game and um uh, we've seen how weather affects teams um in the past so uh yeah if we can avoid the Saints in the championship game i think we have a really good shot but uh you know don't know what's going to happen
2: I, and for the record here I do I refuse to make any predictions further than the championship game.
1: I mean um okay that's fine. We could we could uh predict AFC champion though, right? Yeah, I think we can do that.
0: So yeah, yeah, let's let's instead of saying who would you like to match up, you know, in the in the Super Bowl from the AFC because it could be the Titans or the Ravens, you like our chances against. Basically, you like our chances Exceedingly well against anybody, I think, outside of the top two seeds. Um, but who who do you think is going to make it? I mean, and it's probably going to be that matchup, unless you want to go with a left field Jaguars pick, you know, like Jags. Um, but yeah, who do you who do you see coming through? I and especially sorry now that we know who has will have home field advantage in the NFC Championship and AFC Championship game. Excuse me.
2: I still cannot go against the Patriots. Tom Brady is Original, way nice. too. <laughs> I know. I know. It, Quinn from uh, Week One would be mad at me for this, but I cannot go against the Patriots. Tom Brady is just so good against the Steelers, and I'm sorry, but hearing a phrase that would include Blake Bortles beats Tom Brady, just I think would break the universe. That's not anything that can happen. Another I could see one of the wild card teams, either the Ravens or Chargers making a push before I could see either the Chiefs or the Jaguars.
1: But, yeah, that's where I'm at. Word. That's a very original pick, Quinn. Now, uh, as you guys know, I am a big Michigan fan. I don't know if you know that. I did not. Okay. Um, Tom Brady, if you didn't know as well, is, you know, from the University of Michigan. Really? Yeah. Huh. He played for the university, great greatest school in the uh, in the world. Um, that being said, I made a prediction in week one. There you go. That said, the Kansas City Chiefs were going to make the Super Bowl. I like it. Stick your gun. And Stick I'm, with I'm rolling with Alex Smith, baby. Let's go. They're the only team that embarrassed the Patriots this this year. Do it. Yeah. All right. They put 31, I believe, up on the Patriots at. Foxborough. I think it was over 40. It was over 40. They put greater than 31 Yeah, in Foxborough.
2: That's not easy to do.
1: All right. And they're the team that have beat the Patriots at home. They know how to beat the Patriots at home. And I know they've been a little meh, iffy here in the uh, last couple of weeks. But I'm rolling with uh, Alex Smith and the... Kansas City Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl, knocking off my boy Brady in the championship game uh, to advance to the Super Bowl against a number of NFC teams that could make it. That could possibly make it.
2: Way to stick to your guns. I like that. I like that.
0: Well, I mean, I will say, I mean, I I did predict the Eagles and the the Titans to make it to the Super Bowl. Stick to your guns. But, I mean, I'm trying to think back uh, to exactly what I said because I haven't listened back to the tape, but... I think I remember kind of waffling. I I was I was confident that those would be the two there, but I wasn't confident in who was going to win. And I think I kind of waffled back and forth on who was going to choke more. And I think I end up saying that the Eagles were going to choke for more and uh pick the Titans. But unfortunately, what came out of that uh you know bullishness on the Titans is me drafting Marcus Mariota uh for my fantasy team, which literally murdered my fantasy <laughs> season. Um went from first to worst. So um so with that being said, I can't. I can't go with the Titans. Um, I yeah, it's hard to pick against Brady. Ravens.
2: Um, Ravens can beat the Patriots in the playoffs. It's been done a couple
0: times. I think a lot of teams can beat the Patriots, um, but they, they? they have they have the magic uh, more so than any team. I I don't know. I mean, Steelers of course came close a couple weeks ago, and some weird things happened, and they ended up losing. But I was also um, in Pittsburgh. And it was also it was in Pittsburgh Patriots and you know, even if Antonio field. Brown is back by that point in time, is he gonna be hundred percent? You need him. Yeah. You need him to beat beat the Pats. Yeah. So I mean I think we're gonna see the Patriots. Um and you know, I'll speak for myself I'm speaking solely for myself here, but you know, I like the Viking chances to make it to the Super Bowl. But once they get to once they get to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady scares the living crap out of me. And I was, you know, I don't know if you can you guys can think but when was the, when was the last time we actually the Vikings played the Patriots? Uh 20 was it? Sorry, I thought it was
2: 2015. It was 2014 and we lost 30 to 7 because we had Matt Castle starting.
1: <laughs> That's right. That was the storyline going into that game. Yeah, because it was Patriots Brady came Ver, here, right?
2: Brady V Castle in It was
1: like Brady's like third or fourth time playing in Minnesota. Um because they counted his college times when he came and played the Gophers. Okay. Um But he is. I think he's perfect in Minnesota. Yeah, he is. Um, is. So yeah, I
0: I mean, and of course you just have to look at last year's Super Bowl. Right? right. uh, You can never count the Patriots out. That being said, Vikings have a significantly better defense than Atlanta did last year. Atlanta was built on their offense. Um, So you know, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I can't count on the Vikings making it out of the divisional round because. Well, we well, have bypassed the division. Right you know what's right going to You know, you know like ground. honestly, I'm not kidding. You know what's going to happen. We'll be we'll be all we we'll need is a field goal. And and no, and I'm not My kidding. Head. We'll be we we'll even be at home. All you need is for Ty Forbath to hit like a 43 yarder. The but snap Zimmer is gonna but be Zim, no, no, but Zimmer won't even trust him to do that. And we'll ha- we'll have to we'll go for on you know like fourth and 8 or yeah. something like that. We won't convert and the season to be over. But anyways, we'll leave it on that happy note. Uh what, you know, fabulous season thanks for all of you for joining us throughout it i mean r- honestly uh, 13 and 3 is it's pretty, it's pretty dang dang good amazing. right yeah. kings of the north um,
1: 13 and 3 with a first round uh, shutting out the packers yeah. for the first time sweeping the packers however, however. Yep. sweeping
0: the bears Winning on Thanksgiving against the Lions, we we ended the Packers season twice. Yeah, you know it's great. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but and and, uh, and I honestly, I never wanted to beat a team more than I wanted to beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So uh, that was certainly a revenge. It was a good season. A lot of I think regular
1: season, you got to be proud of this regular season. But you know, as you were saying, Carl, we've seen this movie before, and we've seen the sequels. As the Quinn was saying, the prequels, the remakes, all of it. the spinoffs. We can rehash all that terrible um, history that we've had. But, uh, you know, good, solid, regular season. Hopefully we can build on it going forward. But um, I'm with Quinn here. No no NFC predictions Take nothing here. for granted. Yep, no NFC predictions, but Kansas City, here we go.
0: Well, thanks for celebrating with us, Purple Nation Happy New uh, it's Year. been a great to be with you this season, and Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you very soon.